Welcome to our weekly three-minute therapy podcast. I'm Dr. Michael Edelstein. I'm a clinical psychologist and author of Three-Minute Therapy, a popular self-help book. Three-Minute Therapy uh, is a title I gave to REBT, Rational Emotive Behavior Therapy, an approach to therapy devised by Albert Ellis in the 1950s and then uh, created a revolution in psychotherapy from the more traditional Freudian-based therapy where you talk about the origins of your problems from your childhood where uh, to cognitive behavior therapy, which says that your problems don't come from your childhood. They come from your thinking in the present when you're anxious, depressed, angry, that's caused by your thinking. And uh, so what we do in REBT is help people identify their unrealistic, unreasonable, irrational thinking and teach them how to change it. So that's the uh, bottom line there. And I'm here as usual with my tech engineer, Chris Rossini, and we have a guest today, and that's Mark Hemming, who has the courage to bring up a personal problem, and we'll see if he survives. So I suspect he will. Okay, Mark, uh, what would you like help with? Hi, thank you, Michael. Um, okay, well, I have a difficulty um, approaching women that I find attractive. So whether it's um, in a bar, uh, in a coffee shop, or even on the street. I see, I see. And what stops you? Let's suppose you see an attractive woman you'd like to speak with. What stops you from speaking? Well, I get this feeling of dread. Uh, I get butterflies in my stomach. And then I get a whole stream of uh, negative thoughts that, um, you know, I just can't um, win against. And so I uh, end up not approaching the woman or leaving the bar. Okay, so uh, you, uh, I think you identified the problem. You get a host of thoughts that stops you. It's not the dread that stops you, the feeling of dread, but it's your thoughts about that or about approaching the woman? And what are some of your thoughts? Uh, some of my thoughts, well, um, I'm not attractive enough. Um, you know, she won't, yeah, she won't like me. Um, you know, she's gonna reject me. Um, this is just too difficult, it's unbearable. Um, in the case of approaching a woman in the daytime on the street, I shouldn't be doing it because it's street harassment. Um, you know, I'm bothering her. Um, other people as well who might be looking on and perhaps see me get rejected, that they might laugh and judge me negatively. So things like that. I see. So it sounds like there are two basic categories of thoughts. One relates to um, what she or other people will think of you. And the other is facing the difficulty, the dread. Yeah. So let's look at facing the difficulty and your dread of that first. Uh, you said it's too difficult to face this. It's difficult it, for people to do that, to uh, talk to a stranger. 
but what's the evidence? It's too difficult, meaning it's impossible to do it. Well, I guess it's just the the, the feeling comes up of dread and it's just uh, hard to bear. <laughs> so I just want to escape. Uh, yeah. That's what I find very difficult is to actually start walking over there when I'm feeling like that. And I think I'm getting other other thoughts like I mustn't be nervous. I shouldn't uh, show that I'm nervous. And obviously I do feel nervous. So I'm probably going to jumble my words. I'm probably going to have my mind go blank, you know, and um, I guess I'm not wanting the woman to see me flustered in any way because uh, then she's surely likely to reject me or brush me off. Yeah. Okay. So you have a whole host of unrealistic beliefs which are making it more difficult. And one is, I shouldn't be nervous. Now, it would be preferable if you weren't nervous. It would be preferable if you were cool, calm, and collected. But what's the evidence? Because it would be preferable, therefore, you must not, you should not be nervous. Um, I guess there isn't any evidence. I, I guess people do get nervous doing things that they're, perhaps not used to doing. Sorry about that. Yes, people do get nervous, so there's no reason you shouldn't get nervous. So are you saying that your idea that you shouldn't be nervous doesn't make sense, is unrealistic, and people do get nervous? Yeah, I guess that's true. It is unrealistic. Um, I guess another one of my beliefs is that if I am nervous, that she surely will reject me. Yeah, well, let's stick with one at a time. You got a lot in there. So, <laughs> so, uh, so you agree there's no reason you shouldn't be nervous, although you prefer not to be nervous. So the issue is, how can you make your majority belief, it's preferable not to be nervous, but if I am, I am. The roof probably won't cave in on me if I'm nervous. How could we make that uh, your major belief, whereas right now, your major belief is not, I prefer not to be nervous, but I should not be nervous. How could we switch the power and the energy around from the should to the to your more reasonable preference? Um, yeah, I guess, yeah, I'd, I would like to be, uh, I'd like not to be nervous, but um, if I am, I'll be able to cope with it. Yes. Yeah, but how can we get you to believe that? Because right now you believe that weekly, it would be preferable not to be nervous, but you believe much more strongly. Therefore, I should absolutely must not be nervous. How do we get you to uh, minimize the should that you put on yourself that blocks you to just the preference? And the reason the preference wouldn't block you is because then you could see that you do have a preference not to be nervous, but you have a stronger preference to talk to this person. So how could we get you to undermine that should, that makes, uh, that blocks you? Um, I don't know. Well, the answer is by practicing, reinforcing, going over again and again and again, questioning, challenging, and contradicting the should, I shouldn't be nervous, asking yourself, What's the evidence? And as I asked you what the evidence was, you said there is no evidence. So your job is to ask that question of yourself again and again and again. 
I so see. That's, okay. that's prong number one. Uh, question the cognitive aspect of it, and then there's the behavioral aspect of it, which would involve pushing yourself, no matter how hard it is, if it's the last thing you did, as if there was a gun to your head, pushing yourself to talk. And if you do, and you're rejected or you look silly and it kills you, will make you a splendid funeral. Okay. Would you be willing to do those things, the cognitive and the behavioral? Yes, I mean, I could do certainly do the, the, the cognitive um, and so like you say, look for the evidence and find there is no evidence. Um, and do that again and again and again and again. It's usually not one trial learning or a silver bullet uh, when you change your thinking and especially this kind of thinking, uh, the, um, working on your shoulds and musts and minimizing them because it's a human tendency for all of us to escalate our strong preferences into demands. So it's not so unusual that you do that also. So uh, it's important that you practice that. Okay. And then, and then the behavioral aspect. Well, um, yeah, I could, I could set up uh, an experiment and, and uh, go to uh, perhaps a quiet bar or something like that with a friend and um, perhaps pick a woman that's not too attractive. Uh, right. I don't know. Maybe I should. Maybe. And I guess the thing is, if I do struggle to do it, you know, in the moment, is there some way I can make it a little bit easier to make me do it? Or Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. And uh, I was going to mention that next. And that is, uh, the, one of the reasons you don't do it is because you're avoiding the discomfort of doing it. So uh, one way to make it easier is by creating, uh, artificially creating a discomfort that's greater. So right. for example, if uh, someone said they would punch you in the nose if you didn't speak to this woman, you'd probably figure out how to speak to the woman because that discomfort would be less than being punched in the nose. Yes, I understand so, it. We're not going to uh, find someone to punch you in the nose, but maybe you can do that with yourself in a different way. And that is creating penalties. In other words, you have a goal, you set a goal, like speaking to one woman this week uh, at a bar, if that's easier, or some other place. And if you don't, then you levy a penalty on yourself. So there are two types of penalties there are monetary penalties and non-monetary penalties. So monetary is usually easier. So could we say your goal is to speak to one woman this week and if you don't, you rip up a dollar bill. Or if, uh, by the way, in England, it would be in terms of pounds, is that right? That's right, yes, yeah. so it could be a five pound note. Okay, five pound note. So if you don't meet your goal of speaking to one woman this week, you rip up a five pound note. Yeah, okay, I understand, yeah. Now, would that be penalizing or are you uh, a billionaire and ripping up a five pound <laughs> note wouldn't really affect you very much? I, I, think, um, I, think, 
I think ten pounds might be might be better. Might give okay, that's why I was going to ask. Very good. Yes, so yeah. ten pounds would be more meaningful. So, yeah. would you be willing to take the homework assignment to speak to one woman this week? And if you don't, you rip up a ten pound note. Yeah. Okay, I could do that. Yeah. Okay. Very good. And then uh, on the cognitive part, do you know? Uh, the three-minute exercise or the ABCs? I do know a little bit about it. Yeah, I think A is the activating event, um, B is beliefs, and C is, is it consequences or something? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then D is disputing or questioning the irrational belief. What's the evidence? I shouldn't be nervous. And then you write four or five reasons why there's no evidence for it. It's a preference, not a should. It would be uncomfortable to be nervous, but not the end of the world. I've survived discomfort in the past and I'll survive it in the future. And it's not the nervousness that stops me, but rather it's my unrealistic must thinking about it and I can change my thinking. So you would, you would write that out once or twice or three times a day and, um, and the format is on my website, 3minutetherapy.com. Um, and if you have my book, 3-Minute Therapy, it's in there. In every chapter, there's an example of how to use that exercise. And you write that out every day. So we have a cognitive approach to practice and a behavioral approach to practice. And then a penalty if you don't do the behavioral part. Okay, yeah. Sounds uh, sounds good. Okay, Mark, any questions about anything we discussed or what you'll be working on? Um, yeah, I, I think so. I think, um, you know, I, I do have in the past struggled a bit with depression, you know, when I, I can't, um, you know, talk to a woman that I want to talk to, then um, I sometimes get, uh, you know, thoughts like I'm not attractive enough or I'll never have a, a, a romantic relationship ever again and that would be terrible and but I guess that's another uh, disturbance well I'll never have another romantic relationship again it's not a disturbance because that's just an observation let's suppose somehow we had a crystal ball we knew you would never have another romantic relationship again uh you would only be depressed about that if you added a demand and I must have another romantic relationship. This is awful if I don't. This proves I'm a loser. So, uh, so look for the must, as Albert Ellis, the founder of this approach used to say, cherche le should, cherche le must, look for your should, look for your must and question it, challenge it, and push yourself against it. Okay, so again, in that instance, it's about having a preference. I'd prefer to um, have another relationship in this lifetime, but I don't have to have one. And if I don't have one, then it's unfortunate, but it's not like the end of the world or I'll be able to cope with it. Yes, exactly. And also, if I don't have another relationship again, all this proves about my worth is I'm an imperfect human who acts imperfectly. Not a loser, not a worthless person. I see. 
something that I have been looking at with this area is, is, to, is this idea of that, um, that maybe I've just not met my type. And so rather than blaming myself as a whole person, that I actually just, you know, look at with, you know, differences in, in taste of people. Is that a good way to look at it? Yeah, I think so. And I think you can add to that, which is a good way to look at it. Uh, therefore, the solution is to keep on speaking to women and meeting women. The more you meet, the better chance you have of meeting someone who's your type or you are their type. Yeah. So that's another thing to do again and again and again and again. Keep meeting women. Uh, ask friends, colleagues, tell them you're, you'd like to uh, meet a woman for a dating relationship. Ask them who they may know. There's also online single sites for meeting women like match.com and yeah. others. So there are a variety of ways to meet them. So, and it makes sense that um, most women you meet will not be your type or they won't be, uh, you won't be their type. So that's why it's important to meet as many as possible. Okay. Okay, any other questions? No, that's good, thank you. Okay, very good. So you have some things to work on. And if you'd like to send me an email uh, in seven days, let me know how you're doing. That would be very good. And I could give you some more feedback on that. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Okay, well, thank you very much, Mark, for volunteering. And uh, I think that was probably very instructive for our viewers. And if you, speaking of our viewers, if you think it was instructive. Comment below. Tell us what you learned from it. If you have questions, comment, uh, ask your questions in the comments section and give us uh, a thumbs up, a like if you did like this. Suggest subjects for future podcasts. And if you'd like to volunteer, use Mark as a role model and volunteer and to uh, be a guest here and we'll cure you of your problems. Donate to Patreon to help support the Three Minute Therapy podcast. Subscribe to it to stay on the rational side of life.